Well, hello, group, and welcome to this first podcast of the Culpeper Bible College, as Billy calls it. And thank you for joining in. I'm trying this at this time on Wednesday just to see how it goes. Sort of a trial run for our uh, weekly Sunday lessons that it looks like we're going to be involved with for a while. The plan is that I will post uh, the Sunday school lessons, oh, excuse me, life group lessons on uh, Sunday morning. You will listen to the church service and Brother Tim at about 11, and you can access this lesson either before or after uh, that church service. I certainly want to thank all of you for your support and patience as we go through this most unusual time. I especially want to thank my wonderful wife, Cindy, for her help and assistance. I mean, uh, you guys hear more from her than you do from me, and she's been a, a real help to me and organizing the text groupings and that kind of thing. I encourage you to continue to keep in touch with each other uh, through the text grouping. We have a lot going on in our class, and I know that this is a very caring class. So I encourage you guys to uh, keep it up. Uh, It's nice to brag to Leon and Brother Tim about you guys. And I ask that you bear with me as I try to do this. It's to be honest, it's not easy. Sitting here at this empty desk is much different than standing in front of you uh, in the classroom. So just bear with me and let's hope for the best. Uh, it, it it is what it is, and uh, I need your prayers, and um, uh, we'll just um, we'll get through it. If you have any prayer requests or praises or things of that nature, uh, simply text it to the group or you can just do it to Cindy and I or just call um, either Cindy or I. Uh, and we can respond individually uh, as we feel led. Uh, we're not going to uh, do prayer requests and uh, interacting and that kind of thing on this podcast. I just want to go ahead and focus on the lesson. And um, you can look and take care of each other uh, through uh, your your phone calls and group texting. And uh, don't hesitate to call me or text Cindy or I uh, to let me know uh, about some personal things you guys may have and uh, put you on a prayer list. And we can certainly uh, pray. So right now, let's do pray as uh, we uh, begin. Uh, this is just a short uh, devotion. Uh, we'll see how it goes, how short it is, but just a short devotion that I wanted to do for Wednesday and uh, work out any kinks or bugs as we prepare for Sunday. So uh, so let's go to the Lord in, in prayer at this time. Dear Heavenly Father, we are indeed so thankful for all that you do for us. Father, there's so much that's going on round about us in this world that, that we don't understand. And uh, Father, uh, even as you teach us that you're beyond our understanding, that your ways are not our ways. And so, Father, there are just so many things we just cannot and, and simply don't understand. But Father, we recognize you as the one true God. We know that you love us, and Father, in spite of our sins and shortcomings, we do love you, and we praise you, and we do indeed thank you for all that you do for us. And Lord, during these times, we ask that you would indeed just uh, oversee us and care for us and 
put a hedge round about us, Father, and protect us in, in many different ways, Father, not only just from a health perspective, but also from economic uh, hardships that may be placed upon us during these times. We just ask that you would just bless us in a way that, uh, Father, we can't comprehend, but uh, in the future we can look back and, Father, we can see and we can praise and honor your holy and precious name. For these things we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. All right, what I thought we would do today uh, is just have a brief devotion, but um, uh, and include some of the writings of Paul as we begin to look and study in the book of Romans. And one of the things that have come up is law or grace. Are we under the law or are we under grace? And it would seem that if we're under one, then that means we're not under the other. <clears throat> now, we previously uh, discussed the importance of the book of Romans and how Paul used his writings in Romans to discuss uh, salvation. And, and, of course, we uh, discussed the Roman road to salvation. Uh, so our, our study through the book of Romans should be fun. But, you know, we, we use terms uh, yeah. such as uh, justified and grace and law and um, salvation, repentance and things of that nature. And um, it, it's, it's difficult to try to tie them together, especially for those that uh, aren't Christian. For those that are not familiar with God's word, and I'm afraid that sometimes as Christians, we just throw these terms out. We're familiar with them and accustomed uh, with them, but uh, uh, you'd be surprised how many people, uh, even close around about us, even in Chelsea, may not have, they couldn't even spell the word Jesus, much less, you know, have heard about it. You know, so uh, if you have your Bible, uh, we're going to uh, look at some. Uh, scriptures, especially in the book of Romans, so I'm going to uh, turn to Romans 2, 2, where we'll start. Romans 2, 2. And Romans 2, 2, um, I'm sorry, Romans 2, 12. <clears throat> and Romans 2, 12 says, For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. It sounds like a lot of double talk, but we have a lot to do with the law. And so there is a law, and I think we're we're smart enough to know that there is a law, and there are obviously consequences for not keeping the law. But then an issue does arise. Paul, uh, in Romans 6.14, we'll just move over a couple of chapters. And in 6.14, Paul says, uh, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. So if we're not under law, but under grace, uh, that means God just forgives us of our sins and we can just go along with our merry way and there's nothing uh, else that we need to do. God loves us and so... Uh, everything's hunky-dory, but the fact of the matter is that's not exactly true. Um, if we think about law, we think about Old Testament law and Old Testament things. If we think about grace, we think about New Testament things. Um, so, so this needs to be cleared up 
And in subsequent lessons, we will look at what Paul says regarding these terms that we mentioned, law, grace, Jesus, justification, faith, sin, mediator. Uh, these are just a few of the Christian terms that we uh, like to throw around. But as we read this and we uh, understand, uh, are we under law or grace? Uh, of course, Paul says we're not under law, but under grace. But does that mean do we discount the Old Testament, the entire Old Testament, and just think about the New Testament? The term grace is often used as if salvation is by grace and grace alone. Now, to be sure, that is true. Uh, we can only be saved through Christ, and Christ is a gift from God, and, and, and that is because of grace. So technically, that is true. But in the process of stating that uh, we're saved by grace and grace alone, we inadvertently say that it replaces all need to obey God's law. But uh, if we continue uh, in, in verse 15, um, Romans 6, 14, we read a moment ago, and now in verse 15, Paul says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. So even at this point, Paul does have a link to the law that we are under grace, but that does not mean that the law is simply erased. The law is still there. Now, a lot of people use this, uh, these verses to, uh, uh, they tend to pervert God's grace to accommodate uh, their sensual goals uh, because, uh, well, I mean, let's face it, you hear the term, well, nobody's perfect. And so uh, since we can't keep the law anyway, then what's the point in even trying to keep the law? So we may not commit murder or something like that, but we do other things. But those other things are also included in the law. So uh, we can just negate those and then just do away with them. But that's not true at all. It seems that man has hijacked the law. Uh, what we've done is we've added some, we disregard others, and, uh, and in the process we make the law so burdensome that we obviously can't keep it, and therefore we justify the things that we do. Uh, thus, we create, essentially, we create our own morality and, in effect, our own religion. Uh, you know, for example, some speak of the law including stoning, homosexuality, and other immoral acts, and others simply speak of God's love and his grace and his mercy and all of that, um, as if that's all there is to the character of God. But... Um, uh, even though God is love, if you remember here a while back, we also discussed that uh, that God hates, that love and hate are really on the same coin. Um, I love my wife, but the other side of that coin is I hate, and I hate those things, of course, that would harm my wife. And, and God feels the same way. He loves us, and the other side of that coin, then, he does hate those things that would hurt us. And, of course, it is interesting that uh, where there are rules, it is human nature to rebel against those rules. I mean, haven't we heard that rules are made to be broken? Really? Really? Is that really true? Uh, that's why we make rules, because we hear it all the time. Well, rules are just made to be broken. You know, are we really that bad? 
Because what it really boils down to is it what we want that matters. Forget the rules. It's all about me, me, me. I'm going to do what I want to do. And of course, that's where we actually come into God's law and his grace. It's not about us. It's all about God. You know, we have in the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, Jesus, law, grace, all, all that stuff. Um, but also thank the Lord that we also are included. Um, but it's not really about us. It, it really is all about God. Uh, therefore, we can't discount the law. Again, in, in Romans, you know, Paul says, if we look at Romans 6, uh, 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we, that we are dead to sin, live any longer therein? So even in the New Testament, the law is still countable. It is still in effect. And then we can even go farther and read over in Romans 3, since we're in Romans, uh, Romans 3.25. And in Romans 3.25, you know, we see uh, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Now, we understand that, that we sin, and of course, Jesus was, he shed his blood for the remission of those sins. Well, from our perspective, if you think about it, uh, if we're just under grace, then forget the law. And if you forget the law, then what was the point of Jesus dying on the cross? Uh, what did he die for? So uh, the, the law is still in effect, and it does have its death grip on us <clears throat> so why is there any law in the first place we need to first understand that the law uh well it's given to us through moses and grace of course was given to us through jesus so uh both are included and of course that's why my bible is about what an inch and a half thick two inches thick because there's a lot of stuff there. It's not just about the law. It's not just about Jesus. It's about the entire character of really who God is. In keeping the law, uh, let us know that we are sinners and that as sinners, since we sin, uh, sin condemns us to death. However, however, the relationship of grace to the law and sin is that grace exceeds that sin. In fact, it actually lifts us to a higher place from uh, where we fell from. And so it turns out that if we're going to take a look at the purpose of the law, that uh, there, there are a couple of things we need to look at. First, the law serves as a mirror. Uh, and what it does, it actually reveals the condition of a person's heart. This is the main focus of the law. Now, there are others that we'll mention in a moment. Um, but it's not a matter of just doing this or that or doing right or wrong or having to do this and we can't do that. But what it actually does, it puts the heart on display. You know, by nature, it literally shows us the depravity of our own nature. 
when we compare it to the Almighty uh, Righteous God. Uh, and it lets us know in no uncertain terms where we stand uh, in his presence. Um, another thing, uh, the law or the written law is needed uh, to define sin. If we look in Romans 7, 7, Romans 7, 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. Or had I not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. In other words, how would I know that that's a sin if it hadn't been written down? And so as it turns out, it was written down. So at least now I know. I mean, I really do know what is sin. And so that leads us to the next thing. Uh, number three, uh, the law shows us by procedures that sacred justice does require a penalty and must be paid uh, for violation of the law. And quite frankly, it's a pretty stiff penalty. And we know what that penalty is as we look in Romans 6.23, a uh, familiar passage, for the wages of sin is what? Death. So when you think about the wages of sin or the wages of going against the law, well, it's just a law. Rules are made to be broken. If we break them, we're actually subject to death. And uh, we're subject to death. So uh, if we're under grace, that part ought to be just completely removed. You know, God's just going to let it slide by. But then if we continue to look at the purpose of the law, uh, we see that any violation of the law separates us. It separates us from God. So if we go to Old Testament and we look at Isaiah, uh, if we look at Isaiah 59.2, uh, we, we read that uh, your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear them. By the very nature, God cannot associate with sin. So if you sin, he has to remove himself from you. It's not the other way around. You remove yourself from God. He literally removes himself from you. And I don't think we want to um, be removed from God. But that's what breaking the law does. The next thing we see, is, is, you know, having said this, it brings us to a realization that we need Jesus. It brings us to the very presence of God. If violating the law separates us from God, we need a mechanism to bring us back to God. And this mechanism begins with God's grace. He doesn't have to do that, but of course he loved us from the very beginning, from the very outset. And so since we have this grace, that's what uh, initiated God's well, His plan of salvation that's actually started in Genesis and continues all the way uh, through the Revelation. And then if we read in Romans, uh, again, 6, we've already read some of it, but we'll say it again. Uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? God forbid that we are dead to sin. Well, that lets us know that the law is not void. It is a real entity. It is a real thing. It hasn't vanished. It hasn't gone away. For without the law, there I mean, think about it. Without the law, there would be no need for grace. And, of course, this is where grace enters the picture. 
you know, regarding our salvation, uh, it's not that we are saved or not saved by keeping the law or not keeping the law. Uh, it actually, uh, we need saving because we can't keep the law. And so how does all of this fit in? Well, if we go to Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 31, might as well look at some Old Testament things too. Jeremiah 31, 33. And Jeremiah says, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. So now we get to the crux of the matter. It's not just where you have a written law <coughs> where people just read the law and then decide if they want to do it or not or if they can do it or not. As we mentioned, it has to do with the heart. And right here, God is saying that he wants to write these laws in our heart. Well, Old Testament cannot write these in our heart, but the New Testament can. And this is what we have with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that these things are indeed written in our hearts. Now, the word grace itself comes from the Greek word quis, uh, uh, which means favor. And we get the word charity. Charis, uh, uh, we get the word uh, charity from that Greek word charis. And it literally uh, is a gift. It really is uh, a favor. And so, you know, if we uh, continue and uh, we look in Ephesians and look in Ephesians 2.8, uh, Paul again is writing and he says, For by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the what gift of God. So I don't think there's a coincidence that, you know, during Christmas time we have gift giving because it has to do with God's gift of Jesus. And of course, this gift uh, is really charity. The thing about it, grace is more than just forgiveness of sin. It includes the gift of the Holy Spirit, and sometimes uh, the old, you know, characters in the Old Testament didn't necessarily have uh, the Holy Spirit of God. So you can see thus far, grace and law that they're inseparable. Uh, even though we talk about we're under grace and not law, uh, there is a tag from grace to law. Uh, and the thing is, God cannot just overlook our sins and say, oh, poor baby, I know you're weak in the flesh and cannot keep the law. I'll, so I'll just forgive you and we'll just forget it. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it. We'll just, uh, you can sin, but because I know you, you have to because you can't keep the law. So you're going to sin, but I'll just forget that you sin. And uh, he can't do that. God in his righteous, omnipotent, position that he is, uh, he can't do that. Uh, he says, in fact, that he does hold us accountable. Uh, we find this is obvious in many, many scriptures. And so if we look at, uh, we, we ought to understand that if we go to the end of the Bible and look at Revelations 20, uh, Revelations 20, 11. Let me go to there. Revelations 20, 11. And, of course, this is the great white throne judgment. And in verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, 
in him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened. And the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And of course, these works have to do with whether or not they kept the law or not. Things they did positive and of course, uh, those things that uh, they... Uh, did not keep the laws that they did not keep and uh you know if we look in romans fourteen twelve, uh paul just says it bluntly uh, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to god well if we're just under grace uh why do we have to give an account because god has already forgiven us and um so why worry about it So the thing about doing this, I can actually sip a cup of coffee while we're going through this. So um, anyway, so um, Paul says, everyone shall give an account. And then James says, therefore, this is James 4.17. Therefore, to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him... It is sin. So uh, we do have an idea of what's right, what's wrong, and we are indeed held accountable as to whether or not uh, that's going to take place. Well, there's an awful lot to do, uh, an awful lot to continue on as we think about grace and as we get into uh, the book of Romans. So I hope I haven't uh, confused you and uh, muddied up the water too much for you. Uh, we will certainly study in greater detail uh, the law and its applications and grace as we continue our study in Romans. I know this format is not ideal, and certainly under these unprecedented terms, uh, I don't know what else to do. It is what it is. But uh, as I said, do not hesitate to ask questions uh, regarding the text or what we do, uh, you know, the, the Bible lessons. Uh, of course, if you guys have any issues, uh, let each other know so that we can uh, put it on our prayer list. And uh, if you have any ideas or suggestions uh, to make this podcast a little better, a little easier for you guys, don't hesitate to let me know. Uh, I do thank you for your time, and we will uh, present the next lesson uh, this upcoming Sunday morning. So let us uh, end with a, a quick prayer then. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this time and, and means that we have that we can help uh, uh, to continue to study your word together as a class, as a group. Father, I ask your blessings upon each and every one that uh, are here, that listen. Uh, and Father, you know the needs, uh, and so I just pray that you would just supply every need. And we thank you and we praise you for it. For it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So I thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you next time.